Hello, I am Amber. I'm Chelsea. And welcome to Politics But Make It Fashion. Come chat with us. Hello and welcome to another episode of Politics But Make It Fashion. This is a special episode because your normal co-host, Chelsea, is in West Virginia with her family in the middle of the country in Podunk land, so she doesn't have service. So tonight you will be joined by a special guest, my brother, Joseph. Say hello. Hello, everybody, from listening to Politics But Make It Fashion. Yes. I'm Amber's biggest fan, Amber and Chelsea, um, here in the background. Good to talk today with you guys. Yes. Thank you. So definitely, here is a message from your co-host, Chelsea. So check it out. What's up, Politics But Make It Fashion community? This is Chelsea, Amber's co-host. I just wanted to get on here and say I hope everyone has the best Thanksgiving holiday, hopefully with family and friends, and prayerfully with way too much food, tons of dessert, and hopefully a few pumpkin ales. And I just wanted to say we are so thankful for you and for your support, for your listens, for your input, and looking forward to getting back with you guys next week. Okay, and welcome back. So, obviously, tomorrow is Thanksgiving. So, um, my plans for Thanksgiving, I'm cooking. I'm hosting this year and just, like, pretty much every year. Um, I, <laughs> I, I do the heavy lifting for Thanksgiving. But, um, yeah, we always, like, kind of prepare the night before and do try to get as much done as you can a day before and the night before before you start cooking. Like, do we have any, like... Thanksgiving traditions or hacks or anything that you feel like we do. Yeah, show up to Amber's house and have her cook everything. (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, Amber legit, what, two hours ago just made two pies... What else? You, <laughs> like you made like two pies. You set up oh the cornbread. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm over here defrosting the rotisserie chicken, you know, and the ham, and then then I started making myself a drink, you know, <laughs> while she's doing all this. <laughs> Oh, we we do try to divvy up some of the cooking, but yes, Amber does do um, the heavy lifting. Um, but yeah, do we have any? I don't know. This year I'm going to try to do buffet style to where only stuff on the table is going to be everybody's personal plates and drinks and stuff and then have everything kind of set up around that. So you can grab your plates and your drinks, silverware, pick up, get the food that you want and then sit down at the table. So we'll see how that works out. Growing up we did that. Like our, at Aunt Gail's, at our aunt's house, right? Like she would do. Oh, yeah. Style. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't feel like they ever like decorated though. Like, no. do you feel like it was ever. Like, maybe. Well, the, the plates. <laughs> the, the plates were yeah, always like we a had, Thanksgiving, like, they, Thanksgiving plates and stuff. And, like but... a, one of those little paper. Like, we had to have a cornucopia on the table oh. and stuff. Do you know what that is? I do know what a cornucopia <laughs> is. I just, I don't feel like we're cornucopia people. I don't. Well, I know, but I've all I don't know. I never felt like it was like the Thanksgiving in the movies. You know, where it was like decorated Which and movies? everything is like, because if you're watching like Soul Food, do they have a cornucopia? It, and Big Mama maybe had a cornucopia. I don't know. Did uh, she? I don't know. It's a good question. That's a good. <laughs> <laughs> 
At least we're the gr- grandkids that can cook, though. Like true, because <laughs> they were in trouble. <laughs> so what's on our menu? Um. Okay. So we're doing mashed potatoes, macaroni and cheese, yes. roasted Brussels sprouts. Yep. My mom is bringing fish. Um. We're doing a <laughs> we're doing a chicken, uh, spatchcock. We have a ham. And I made cornbread, uh, pumpkin pie, and apple pie. And we're also going to have um, homemade cranberry dressing. You got to do yes. it homemade, uh, if you can. I do love cranberry sauce, though. Mm. But, oh, I'm making stuffing. That's right, stuffing. Oh, yeah, are we doing it from the box? No, I'm going to have to go tomorrow. Oh, gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I asked Joseph to go, like... <laughs> To get me some bread, like, not breadcrumbs, but the stuff that you make stuffing. Because normally, I would do bread and leave it out overnight. But, of course, tonight is the night of. So, I was like, all right, I need, like, the bag of, you know, breadcrumb pieces and stuff like that. He, she did not ask me <laughs> and he, for the bag of breadcrumb pieces. He gave me a box of stofers. But even then, I was just like, it's just not big enough. Like, yeah. I just need more. Well, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, we have some sad, sad news to go into right now. Um, Over during this week, there has been, I think in the last seven days, there has been seven mass shootings in the U.S. Um, We have an issue. So this one occurred in Club Q, an LGBTQ nightclub in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Five people were killed. 25 were injured, and um, 19 of the people were injured from gunfire. And I want to name the victims. So we have Daniel Ashton, Raymond Green, Raymond Green Vance, Kelly Loving, Ashley Pugh, and Derek Rump. So may they rest in power to those kings and queens. Um, yeah, like the Pulse was, what, six years ago? Be like seven. And... You know, there's just been so many shootings and death. And I mean, for for people who are LGBTQ, it's just, you feel like you don't have anywhere to go. You know, somebody comes in. Did you see the picture of him? I didn't see his picture, but I mean, so the the actual shooter was um, Anderson Lee Aldrich. I'm um, reading from a CNN um article and what's frustrating about this guy is that like the signs were there like apparently yeah, he, he had a string of arrests he like, threatened people with bombs and he had everything. mental health evaluations like he has actual court records and so what's frustrating is that this was something that was probably preventable you know i think the last um a lot of these last recent ones have been because a lot of the people have had previous interactions with police, mental health officials, different things, and they shouldn't have been able to get access to weapons anyway. And I think this guy had a court case that was, like, dropped or something. They don't know what happened with the charges. Interesting. Right, right. Because he should have never... He needed help. He was only 22 years old, which is just so crazy. I mean, threw his life away, you know? And and through every... Like, all the... How many people are affected... Not just the people that were killed, but their family, their friends. Yeah. Um, he was stopped by a veteran, a combat vet, though, which I think is super cool. Um, his name is Richard Ferrero. And also, there was... Some people set listed it as a drag queen. Some people listed it as a trans female. But either way, some bad bitch stomped on him with their heels. 
And I am, you know what, girl? Yes. Okay. Snaps. And cheers to you, sister. Thank you. You know, who can stop a bad guy with a gun, a bitch with a heel? Okay. You know, it is really frustrating because, like, as a part of the LGBTQ plus community, like, you know, the club is, or the gay bar, or whatever, that is a safe space. Yeah. That is yeah. one of the few places where I don't have to code switch, where I can just go and just be gay. Right. And have have a good time. I might not even know anybody, but it's still, like, a family, more or less, depending on where you are. Like, it is. It's a place where... You know, people can go feel safe. So and I, I don't know if people recognize that. I don't think they do. And there's been a question about how... So there's a lot of straight women that like gay clubs. Because obviously mm-hmm. they don't have straight men in them. Which <laughs> which is a plus. So they enjoy being there. But because they like to go to gay clubs as straight women, who follows them? Straight men. So there's been a lot of talk recently. I've heard about, you know, kind of wanting to keep it a safe space for gay people and not have it become like a a bachelorette party hangout or like, you know, for like straight women. Do you I ever mean, feel that straight girls are taking over? Yes, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. It really depends on what kind of straight girl because a lot I've had great times with like some straight girls at the bar. Yeah. And then there's been some that, you know, they have a little tiara on and, you know, they're rolling deep with, like, 12 <laughs> girls. And you kind of just move away. Because, you know, the thing about them, it's not... Because you're visiting. You were yeah, visiting you're my visiting space. you're visiting my space. You're so, in like, the gay club. This is my club. If you want to come in, that's fine. We like people. Come on in. Come on through. But then now you, you're trashed. And now you're moving me out the way to get to the bar. Right. Because right. what I've noticed with straight girls is that they'll, like, move you out the way. They'll, like, elbow you. Oh. It's like, you know. Honey. Like, girl, you can get away. Um, oh, my goodness. That's funny. No, I didn't know uh, that that. Uh, they'll be a lot. So they'll, they'll, there's an entitlement that they'll mm. feel. And then a lot of times I'll also find that a straight girl will come to the gay bar, you know, to get away from straight dudes, but then be upset that no one's hitting, hitting on them. Mm. And that's what I see more than anything. And then so they're going to get on, you know, they get like sad drunk and they get down on themselves. Yeah. And then somehow I'm over here consoling Becky when <laughs> I'm over here trying to go find someone to take me home. Like, you know. <laughs> Lord. Now she crying. Like, why? Why? Who? Who's is? She, where's her parent? Where's Come her, her like her guardian? Yeah, like who brought you in here? Who's your sponsor? Like who? <laughs> where are they? Because they need to come get you. I think we should be careful with like ever disallowing yeah you know yeah. a group of a group of people from going somewhere because that's how you get into situations where it's now it's like. You're separating yourself, yeah. you know. Oh, now the gays don't want streets in their in their yeah. in their bars. Okay, well they're already shooting our places. I don't need right. I, I don't need any more reason for someone to want to come do something crazy. No, no, I think I think that's really true. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's for me. I love being in a gay bar and I love being in a gay club, um, and I like it way more than a straight bar and We're way more, more than a straight club. And I also appreciate not getting hit on. So there are definitely nights where I'm with the gays and nobody hits on me and it's wonderful. So like I don't I don't know why you would go there to be hit on. To I you know, I don't it might be I, unconscious, you know. Yeah. Thing. Or whatever. Or but. they'll try to hit on a gay and like, you know, you're just like, I mean, okay, yeah. I like I love a compliment, but like yeah. 
can you move your hand from my leg? You're like, you know, like. <laughs> now you're sexually harassing me. Oh, that's funny. But. I don't think people realize that it is a, a space that you can go and just be yourself. Because when you're around other people, you know, you have to pretend to, like, fit in. Yeah. And depending on how gay you are in everybody else's eyes, you know, that can be uncomfortable. So you have to kind of, like you said, code switch was something that we do anyway. But you have to do that to kind of, like, oh, I don't want to be too gay in this situation. You know, I don't want to... Or like, is it? Do I need to be professional? Do I need to put yeah. professional voice on? Like, yeah. like, can I say? Can I say that right now? Was it, you know, like right? Yeah. I, it's hard to find the balance between like, like for example, like a black woman can't like a lot of times a black woman can't show emotion. No. It's like, oh, you're well, angry. you're angry. Yeah. Well, so for gays, you're sassy. Yeah. So then, uh, so then I get oh, like, drama. oh, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So like, when is, when can I have righteous indignation or like righteous anger, right? Ooh. Like, when am I allowed to have that? That is like a know. calculation I, <laughs> I have to have a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, is that worth it? Is that, because that's going to be misconstrued. Right. Like, am I willing to take the heat for, for this just to say what I need to say? Because whoever, they might be wrong, you know, but you... You can't say that because then you're aggressive and you're angry and like you're no, you're kind of all these things. Yep. But it's fun. It's um so there you know last week it was Transgender Awareness Day and then you have this shooting that takes place uh, within the LGBTQ community. We only got a day. And well, I think the day like I'm I think there's more than like one thing, but 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 there was. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, there was just so much happening. Um, and I'm, I think I'm tired of people pretending like they're oppressed when there's actually people out there just getting shot up, you know, mm. just trying to live their life. And when you have politicians and you have people on the news and journalists who talk about, oh, gay people are trying to groom your kids. Oh. Gay people are trying to, you know, oh, they're trying to have the kids at drag shows and they're trying to do this and they're trying to do that. I think the end result is somebody goes into a gay club and shoots it up. Because you're making people paranoid and so fearful of this big, bad unknown. And they tie it all into this bundle because so much of the stuff is just based on homophobia when they want to talk about pedophilia oh we need to watch out for the kids but that's always tied up into gay people it's always tied up into the drag statistics though that show that like a vast majority are like heterosexual men i'm trying to find it (laughs) (laughs) heterosexual white men is the demographic like the large majority not only is it the larger majority though and so i mean it is interesting how they tried to shift and scape, scapegoat into certain different, like, marginalized groups. Yeah, yeah. So. No, it is. And, it, and to me, and that's where, because it, I, there's this big conservative push right now about, like, oh, we need to protect the kids and the pedophiles are doing all this and people are grooming them and Pizzagate and, you know, libs are doing all this stuff and I'm like there's real issues going on with pedophilia and creepy people and rapists and like so much stuff but this is so 
it's coming from just a wrong place. Like the gays aren't the ones who you need to be worried about or who are doing this or whatever. And that's what it always focuses on. And to me, like turns into. What's you frustrating know? is that we want to talk about children and be concerned about them, but then we don't look at making like the foster kid like foster right, kid system right. better, or like help like single mothers, or have jobs that provide childcare. Right. Like we don't look at like we we look like left of the boom. You know, and as mm-hmm. a military term, like, left of the boom, like, left of the explosion, or before the explosion. And a lot of the left of the boom is, like, preventing abortions, right? Right, right yeah, yeah. But, like, we're not looking at the aftermath of what happens after a baby is born. Because, yeah, so, like, yay, that teenage girl had a baby, and we stopped her from getting an abortion. And now she's 16, and she's just going to give it up. And now that baby's in the system. Yeah. And everything that follows on and comes with that. Right. Because if that baby's not adopted, and they're, like, going from different group homes, like, they're more likely to not finish high school, more likely to not go to jail, go to college, yeah. not go to college. Most likely like, to be, be homeless, poor, be homeless. Poor, poverty. Like, they're, the statistics for when you are in foster care are horrific. Like, they are just really, really, really bad. So, you're right. When we think about the kids and, like, we're so worried about them, there are situations where we really should be worried about them. Because you guys were talking about homeless youth last week. Yes. Or whatever. And, you know, knowing... I didn't know there were so many. Or, like, the like when you see, the like, the hard numbers yeah. of unhoused people and unhoused youth in the country. And then we talk about, like, well, we'll save the kids. And, right, right. Uh, where family values, nuclear family, yada, yada, yada... That's great, but there are literally people that are living in unsafe situations that are on the street, and we're not doing anything for them. Right. That are growing up and not having an ID because they don't have someone to, like, take care of them. Right, exactly. So now yeah. how is that post- person supposed to be, uh, you know, a good citizen of society and, and contribute to those things? And then you also have people who say things like, we need to protect the nuclear family and family values, but they're kicking out their gay kid. And so, because a lot of these homeless youth that are out on the streets are part of the LGBTQ plus community and get kicked out of these conservative homes and families, and then they're just living on the streets and and they're homeless. And so when they do find these places like Club Q, which is a safe place and a place Mm -hmm. that you can go, people become your family and your friends and, you know, your sanctuary. Support system. Yeah, and you know these people, and these are the people that look out out for you and protect you because you don't have a family. Because they, you know, they don't want to deal with you or whatever because you're gay. And it's just, uh, it's sad, but... If I didn't have a family or if, like, our family was messed up or something, like, I'd probably be at a bar or something. Right, yeah, yeah. At, like, a... Thanksgiving or something, potluck or something like that in a bar. I know a lot of bars that do them. Yeah. It's a big thing. Yeah, do a lot of gay bars do them? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. I didn't know that, though. Mm -hmm. We don't don't really have a lot on here in Scranton. Our gay community is lacking funness and, and and stuff to do and places to be and safe spaces and, like... That was, like, two? Yeah. See, exactly, and it's far. It's not even like close to Scranton. It's like yeah, it'll take a little bit of a hike. So, um, did you see uh, Michelle Obama that she was talking about her natural hair, and she had made a statement that said America wasn't ready for her to wear her natural hair. Which oh, was my no. house. oh, absolutely. Or like not. America wasn't ready to ha- for her to have braids because she has braids now. America wasn't ready for her to wear uh, <laughs> not, 
not have a sleeve, well, you know, true, show her true. out, show her what her, her shoulder. Her shoulder, so. yeah. True. I, and I, I think it's so true. And I was telling, um, me and Chelsea talk about this in my social work class. I talk about this with the social workers there is, you know, we have interview hair, you know, we have different things. Like if you're going to go for a job as a person of color, there's certain things that you're going to do and look like when you're going for the interview that aren't your day-to-day normal things. Like, for example, you'll straighten your hair for the interview process and maybe for the first, like, few months that you're at the job, but then you're going to get braids because now you've been there, maybe you feel more comfortable and they're not going to fire you or whatever, and you decide to wear your hair in a more natural way. You know, and I mean, I'm not sure how much that permeates on the like civilian sector of things. I I assume it is, but like even in the military, like that is like, yeah a, a big thing. Like hair standards, and in my opinion, the hair standards were essentially made to keep black men bald and in their place, and, <laughs> <laughs> and let everyone else just do whatever. Well- so, but they, I mean, recently they have changed. Um, and, I mean, I'm allowed to have, like, what, two inches of bulk now? Yeah. And a little part, you know? People are allowed to have dreads. Yeah, yes, they are. And it, and it be deemed professional. Because yeah. that's the thing. It My hair was viewed as unprofessional. Yeah. And I don't know how you reconcile with something that is already naturally you being <laughs> unprofessional and wrong. So then I have to, like, go that extra mile to, to fix now, to, to, to change it and and that thing about the hair standards is the way you had to wear your hair was so damaging mm. to a lot of people who had different hair that wasn't straight like pulling your hair back into a bun mm. every single day that tight i knew a lot of girls that ended They're up with alopecia and ended up bald around the edges from that oh, you know she lost her edges girl oh, she lost her edges yes ooh snatched <laughs> just <laughs> you know and if you did have um one where your hair protected, it wasn't, you know, the standard wasn't allowed. And if you tried to wear your natural hair, I mean, I saw people tell people, like, <laughs> your hair is nappy. You need to go fix it. I had a... Um, I had a girl, um, gosh, when I was in Monterey, uh, gorgeous black girl, Monique, I had a crush. Um, she would um, shave her head. Yeah. Like, she would, um, what, what do you call it? Like, when you just buzz it. Buzz it, yeah. She would do, like, a buzz cut. She, they made her grow her hair out. Because she wasn't within the female hair standards. She looked gorgeous. She was fine. Yeah. They made her grow her, her hair out. She had to grow it out a little bit. Like, it was ridiculous. They're like, oh, yeah, you can't do that. I, I've, I've seen people it's get in trouble for getting a buzz. Black girl got in trouble. But there's but there was other girls that were lesbian. G.I. Jane. G.I. Like, Jane had a buzz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. That movie. <laughs> Debbie Moore, ha- she rocked that buzz cut, y'all. She All did. Right? Like- she did. I think she looked good, too. <laughs> I love me some Debbie Moore. Oh, my gosh. But, no. Um, God, I hated those hair standards. When I went to... You can have ponytails now, though. I know. At least I in the Air Force. You can't I don't, have, know I don't about think about the Navy. Oh, yeah. I don't know about the Navy. No. But the Air Force, you can have hair. You can you have, have little ponytails. Ponytail. They be out here with their little ponytails oh. now. I'm like, we are looking real cute. Because <laughs> that's another thing, too. If you're looking too cute when you put your, your uniform on, no, you you're, gotta, something's you're wrong. wrong. Something's wrong. You're feeling yourself in the mirror that morning. You're mm-hmm. out of rags. You did something. <laughs> out of rags. 
So it might be a little too tight. You might need to get a size up. I don't know. Ooh. Like <laughs> Some of those people in the Air Force, their little uniforms be real fitted. Oh, I got mine fitted. I like, know you I... did. <laughs> I know we weren't we weren't even allowed to do that because I wasn't. I mean, take I don't mine. think we, I, think I, don't I think got we were mine one. I think I got one of my uniform sets done like that, and it just fits so much better. So did but, you feel like a normal person yes, in it? I did. And he probably looked normal, and they were like, "Ooh, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute now." But I just made me look huge. It was humongous. Sailor Taylor looking too good today. Oh, Sailor Taylor. Okay. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So, one other thing I wanted to ask you about Thanksgiving is do you get dressed up? So, for our things, well, so like that's hard, Amber, because I'm always dressed. <laughs> True. I'm always dressed. But no, so if we're with the family, like, yeah, I'm going to have on some neck like, jeans and like, yeah. a, a, like a, a nicer shirt, maybe a t shirt, but like a nicer shirt. Um, but I think. If you're going to someone else's Thanksgiving, yeah, I might have a button up yeah, or like yeah. a, a, a collared shirt or something like you know like look maybe maybe wear a khaki you know it's kind of like church you know <laughs> you go to church, you know what I mean like Easter Easter Sunday you oh, know what I mean I do love Easter um no it really depends it depends on the vibe yeah in general I mean I kind of try to dress to the level of whatever like. I feel like the appropriate standard is yeah. for what I'm attending. Um, I mean, obviously, if you dress too nice, everyone's going to be looking at you side-eye. And if you don't dress nice enough, everyone's going to be looking at you side-eye. So, right. it's got to guess. So, what do you think about Fetterman? So, he wears hoodies all the time. and Is that a Pennsylvania thing? I think it is. Because I, I was going to say, I think he looks very Pennsylvania. But there's been, there's posts going around and people are mad and saying that he's unprofessional and they don't like that. I don't think that's a disqualifier for me. Is he wearing his hoodies to work? When he went to the Capitol, I think when they were getting, um, I don't know if they were getting sworn in and stuff. Is but he they from were, Philly? They're, no, York. York, okay. But his, they were dressed up, like he had a suit on, his life, like, or whatever. But I think in normal every day, he just wears hoodies and... So that's hard because, like, for example, we have this we have this talk when you first started like stepping into the public light, and I was like, "All right, well, like, you gotta, you know, you gotta have your face on at all times. Yeah, you gotta have your clothes on at all times because you never know, right? Because people are looking at you now. And so, I mean, I think that that does come with the job. I mean, that's a hard one because <laughs> maybe I have different standards than he does, right? And I think that's that's hard, but I don't think it disqualifies you. But at the same time, it's like. I think we're, our age group is changing what is professional in clothing. And I think we're definitely making it more casual than it has been. I don't know exactly how I feel about that. I don't know if I think that's a good thing. I mean, I don't know if I need thing. you to be in shoulder pads, but, <laughs> I, but I do like the idea of having like your work biz cash. Yeah. Because that just gives you that profesh vibe. Like, yeah. I, and I feel professional when I'm like, oh, I'm in my biz well, I just want to be cute. I'm, so. and I'm, you know, <laughs> professional. And that's the, like one of the few times I get to show out, you know, yeah. as well. Because I'm always in uniform. Because I'm in the Air Force. So, like, yeah. uh, but I don't know if I worked, you know, seven days a week or five days a week or whatever um, in a job I don't have a specific uniform and I have to wear a different women's business casual. Like, I mean, I think that would get tiring. True, but all your clothes you know. will probably just become that. Yeah, you know. but um, 
I think that if you're in an elected position that you should probably dress the part personally. But if I'm with my family and we went to like a football game and I'm wearing an Eagles hoodie, yeah. I feel like that's okay. Right. And appropriate. No, because so. I think sometimes politicians should be allowed to like dress down. No, yeah. Like Kamala, she likes to wear uh, chucks. chucks. Yeah. So, and it, like, it shouldn't be a big deal. It, you should be allowed to wear sneakers. I mean, to fine. be honest, if your biggest issue with him is that he wears a hoodie, right? Then I don't know what we're talking about. Because True. on the other <laughs> side of the aisle, there are some, you know, issues I would love to talk about with the people, you know. So, you know, some that ha- are in court right now. Right. So, right. Like... But I feel like for men, men's political fashion though is is so boring. I mean, yeah, I'm wearing, like, I mean, okay, but then, so then you're going to run into, so, okay, so dudes start dressing up nicer, then looking like they're from the Met, now everyone's going to be talking about, well, why are they also elitist? Why, yeah. why aren't they, like, you Obama know. Obama in his tan suit was yeah, elitist. Like, so, it, you can't win. You're, you're damned, yeah. damned if you don't. So, I think you just need to stick with your little blue, gray, what? <laughs> and black. Oh, I was gonna say there was one. Oh God, um, from Georgia, the black guy who won. Her, not hurt. No, 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 no. <laughs> It was not Herschel Walker. Oh. oh my gosh, no. But any, like I saw a picture of him and he had on like a bright blue suit. And I was like, okay. I mean, and that's fun. I, I like, I don't mind it. I don't, I don't see it being an issue if you have a bit of like a fashion sense. Yeah. And I, and a lot of times I see a lot of these rules are due to people who don't have a fashion sense. Ooh. And. Well, because there is, so there are right now a lot of younger politicians in Congress. And there's some of them that look like they stepped out of Forever 21. Because. Like, and I'm just like, I, I don't think what you're wearing is like ugly, but. It's, I don't know. It's not giving politician. So, I mean, but then that's that, that generational divide, right? And we don't wear shoulder pads anymore. Right. We, well, a lot, a lot of women wear, like, a pantsuit. Yeah. Anymore, really. I no. mean, there might be some, right? But, and that, so it is, like, kind of redefining what does a true professional a business like. casual looks like. I don't yeah. know, probably um, Saks Fifth Avenue or something. I don't know. <laughs> Your mom. I'm gonna get me a pantsuit. You should. I think you look in a pantsuit. I like the more like structured suits, like a more like masculine pantsuit. I don't like when the pants are like flowy. Oh, flowy. Yeah. Oh, I don't like okay. that. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like an, like an Olivia Pope. Like she had the flowy pants. She did, but I, she's older than me though. Like I just I okay feel like because be... I think that everyone in politics needs to dress like her, and then we wouldn't have any okay. Issues. But I would love to dress like Olivia Pope right uh, because now. she was out. She was out here wearing white and black. Her coats the her entire coat show, game. and she was looking fly. Her fabulous. coat game was on point. Her coat game was on point. I think that that and it, actually, you know, she gave really good fashion tips. Um, cause, you know, as a fixer, like when mm-hmm. in the show, like, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, like in yeah. the show, she'd be given like really good tips to like when they were uh, fixing that vice, that VP, the short, the, one? The short lady, oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. yeah. <laughs> and she had to, she had to change that suit she was wearing because it was out of like, you know, it was horrible. 1995. <laughs> <laughs> she had to figure it that out. That poor lady. 
Oh my goodness. Um, yes, yeah, Scandal was a great show, though, for whoever has not seen it. <laughs> but to get back to the Michelle Obama and, like, the interview here, you know, that's a really big thing. Um, yeah. And a- along with all of it, that's essentially that is code switching. Like, yeah. on a very physical way, like, I have to make myself more palatable for you. For you to provide me with the same level of respect that you freely give other people by just being themselves. Damn. Mm. Oof. Oof. Ooh, Jojo out here dropping gems of knowledge. Mm. So, um, something I wanted to bring up that is very sad and I think just would probably hit millennials pretty, pretty hard was... Um, the death of Jason David Frank. So the actor who is best known as the original Green Ranger <laughs> on the hit superhero series, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Go, go, Power Rangers. Alright. Um, he died at the age of 49 from suicide. And I've just seen so, so much love and outpouring for him and just support and like, there are so many people that we grew up with um, that we watched on TV, you know. I mean, everybody watched Power Rangers. People talk about your first crush was, you know, the Pink Ranger. Yeah, I mean, it was Kimberly. You know, on it Power Rangers and stuff. Kimberly. And, like, Tommy, the character, was just such a part of our lives in the shows and the movies. And he was a, what, MMA yeah. fighter, too. Um, he was, like, really amazing at martial arts. Like, he was just a really talented guy. People seem to love him. Seemed to be really nice, and I know that um, definitely if people are having a hard time with suicide, we have the new suicide line, which is 988, which you can call at any time to get assistance with that. Um, definitely reach out to somebody if you can, because I know that seeing things like this on the news and on TV can be like really hard for people. It can be really, we joke about things being triggering for people. But it is. And suicide is contagious. Um, so that's why a lot of times you see suicides happen and you'll see a chain reaction of suicides because it is contagious. So definitely, you know, it's OK to talk about it. It's OK to ask people if they're going to kill themselves. And I know that people think if you ask somebody who is suicidal or depressed, if you ask them directly, are you going to kill themselves? That makes them want to kill themselves. It doesn't. But asking them directly will save their life if they are thinking about it. So so definitely, um, definitely don't be afraid to ask that. And if any of you want to slide into our DMs, definitely can do that and we'll have a chat with you. But I wanted to bring it up because it, you know, I, me and Joe, we grew up watching Power Rangers and trying to pretend like we were Power Rangers. <laughs> and like, you know, I always wanted to be the Pink Ranger, and Justin uh, had to be the Black Ranger, so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but man, that's a hard one, you know? No, that, I mean, so many of these people that we grew up with, like, grew up watching yeah. or listening to, I mean, like crap, Chester, like Chester, yeah. Chris Chester Cornell. Bennington, uh, lead singer of Linkin Park, Chris Cornell, lead singer of Audio Slave. Yeah. And, you know, and like, you know, you glorify, like, we glorify, like, you know, our stars and, like, our artists and everything. We see them, like, as a part 
apart from us and like you know they're like you know they made it like they're, yeah. like they're perfect you know everything should be great and then you see stuff like this happen and you're just like well wow like what happened yeah like, you know where did it go wrong right or like what was he going through mm-hmm. that but it's the same stuff we go through you mm-hmm. know people have depression people have ptsd people have anxiety you know people have imposter syndrome and i think that no matter how rich you are famous you are you still have all of those things I mean, it's, well, you have such responsibility too because you're affecting so many right, people. Right, right. So. You know, he might have been the breadwinner for, like, his whole entire family. Family thing. You know? Yeah, that's true. You know, people be coming out of the woodworks. Yeah. So. Because, I mean, because he he's been doing this for, if he was 49 now, I mean, when did he start? How old I mean, he, like? how old was I? I was, like, five. <laughs> so, like, I mean, like, at least 25 years. Yeah. So. Well, there's been a lot of crazy stuff with Power Rangers people, though. Oh, yeah, you were talking about that. I wonder if they're going to do a documentary. They need to. So there was one guy who was, like, an extra on Power Rangers who killed, like, his whole family. And then there was one guy who was on the show, and he stabbed his, he stabbed his roommate with, like, a katana. By accident? No, on purpose. Oh. So, like, he's in jail. <laughs> was um, he one of the bad guys on the show? I don't... Okay, I know. We shouldn't be laughing <laughs> and, uh, and then... <laughs> Sorry. The Yellow uh, Ranger... Um, Wait, which one? Trini? Trini. Trini. Okay. She died in a car accident, I think. Like she did. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's there might be some other things, too. So, mm. yeah, it was a lot. I think there might be an episode on, on like, like cursed shows or something. I think there's, like, an episode oh. of Power Rangers on there. Yeah. Drama. No, I know. And it's just so... It's sad. And you feel bad for his family, like, before the holidays and, and oh stuff well god and, yeah because this oh. is like isn't this one of the like the biggest yes, suicide yes times it for is suicide. this like, is yeah like this is the biggest time for a suicide definitely and it, and it's crazy because it's like people are going home and that makes it even worse you know mm-hmm. people are home and they're lonely or they're upset or like triggered by something and and everything or the people who don't have anywhere to go and they're lonely and they're sitting at home and I think there's a lot more people who are sitting at home by themselves over the holidays than we realize. Mm. And you'd be so, like, I remember there's a couple times when I was in the Navy that I spent like Christmas by myself because nobody invited me to go anywhere. And I wasn't going to invite myself to like come spend Christmas. And it was, well, you know, people be and I cried. Word. Oh, I did. Like, I cried. I, I was in like my barracks room. You might have been deployed. Oh, I'm sorry. I was in my barracks room and I probably ate like ramen noodles. Oh, like, okay. ordered ch- <laughs> like, <laughs> ordered Chinese food and was like, you know. God, what year was this? I I, I must have been like downrange. No, I think you were. Why didn't you see mom? Where was she? Girl, I don't know. Was she in Afghanistan? Was it back when she was working? Maybe. I don't know. But but I know I remember how terrible it was, and then I remember getting back at work, and everybody's asking everybody like what they did and what they're mm. doing or whatever, and then people like felt bad, you know, and then I felt bad because I wasn't trying to like put anybody on a spot at all, but people like were calling people out like, okay, why well didn't you, you why didn't her? you invite her home with like people were pissed off about it and stuff, and I was just like, I realized how easy it was for that to happen, for people just to fall through the cracks. And, like, you didn't have to be, like, the weird kid or, like, the smelly kid or whatever. Just, like, people just forget. And then you're just by yourself and yeah. it's, it sucks. I I think, too, something I've learned over the years, like, people reach out more than you realize um, in different ways. Like, um, I have coworkers that, like, invite me to, like, lunch yeah. or to stuff all the time. And a lot of times, like, 
a lot of times like they live like 30 or 40 minutes away so i'm just not trying to do all that or at during the work <laughs> i i don't often eat lunch so yeah. like i just i'm just going and so you kind of miss a lot of those opportunities to like make those connections if you don't take that time um or make that drive or whatever so then that like that's another way you can like kind of inadvertently fall through the cracks by kind of oh because i guess you. so with the uh jason frank i guess he called somebody and left a long voicemail they didn't answer the phone hmm. And so, like, he did reach out to somebody and just so happy that person just didn't oh, answer and stuff. And, like... Oh, I feel bad for that. Like, I hope they're okay. okay. I know. Like, that's what I said, too. On, I was like, like, is he on suicide? So like, somebody can watch, watch him? Because, like, that survivor's guilt. Yeah. I mean, no, seriously. Yeah, so. But that is... People do reach out. And I know there's been definitely times in my head where I've had to be like, Amber, you need to go hang out with them. Like... They've asked you, you're blowing them off because of whatever, like, mm-hmm. nothing to do with that. More me. More me, and I don't want to leave the house. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I'm tired. You know, I'm this or I'm that, and I don't really want to go exert that energy. And there's definitely times where I feel like, no. They've reached out a couple times, I need to go hang out, because obviously, like, they need somebody. Especially if it's someone that's, like, not necessarily in your circle. Right. That's right. when you got to kind of, like, pay attention. Because that's something that's different. And then I kind of have a policy now where I really... If my phone's ringing, like, at 2 in the morning or something, I try to pick it up. Right. Because you never Well, because I feel like if somebody's calling me at 2 in the morning, chant either... They're drunk you know, and a mess, yeah. or like something bad is happening. Mm-hmm. So to ignore that is crazy. I mean, obviously, if you're sleeping, like hey. y'all, if you call me and I'm asleep, I I probably will not. But because <laughs> I've had Josh has called me, um, not recently. It was a couple years ago, but like he called me at like two in the morning. He was like in a bad way. Yeah, and I remember like being very happy. I answered the phone when I did. Yeah, so. Yeah, no, no, definitely. And you're right. And sometimes when it is, like, an odd thing, like, a person reaches out that hasn't reached out in a while. But, God, I hate answering my phone. <laughs> I do. I mean, I call I, her, like, every day. So, I mean, just... I mean, I, I talk to you. <laughs> Literally, but other people, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I just don't feel, like, the energy of talking... If I'm in the car driving, that is the time to call me. Oh, yeah. Because that's when I'm ready to go. Like, the second my foot steps over the threshold of the house, I no longer want to be on the phone. There's <laughs> 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 been a couple times I've been like, oh, like, I'll call you back. And I'm like, don't. Don't, 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 do don't call me don't, back. I'm, I'm home. I'm, home. I'm, I'm sorry. Or I'll be like, I'm going to go to bed. So just, <laughs> you, can, you can call me back or not. Oh my gosh. Well, Joseph, um, this has been so fun. fun. Thank you for joining us this evening on this wonderful Wednesday hump day. So tell us where the people can find you on social. Yeah, on um, Instagram, Torpedo Joe 2. Send me an invite. Um, Yeah, I know. Oh my goodness. So obviously you guys can find us on Politics But Make It Fashion 1 on Instagram, Politics But Make It Fashion on TikTok. 
definitely like and subscribe to us on wherever you find and listen to your podcast. We are on Apple, Spotify, obviously Anchor hosts our podcast and we um, do all of our editing and recording on Anchor. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Podvine. I mean, guys, come on, we're everywhere. So definitely like and subscribe, share. We are almost at a thousand streams. That is all due to you, all due to the people out there who are listening to us, all of you overseas and different countries. Thank you so much for all of your support and we will chat soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to Politics That Make It Fashion. Before we go, show some love for your favorite podcast by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, click that listener support button. Then stay tuned for next week's all-new episode wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to Politics But Make It Fashion. My website is www.amberviola.com. You can follow me on Instagram at Amber underscore underscore Viola, on Facebook, Amber Viola, or you can follow me on Twitter at Queen Black. That's Q U E E N B L A Q U. Chat soon.